just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. Welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcasts. I am Justin here with Meals. Meals, we are two episodes away. Only two. <laughs> I mean, only two episodes away. This is episode 98, 98 degrees. I don't know what to say. Like, we're very, we're very, very close anticipating episode 100. Um, I feel like I, I don't want to every week we get closer and closer to this and then we talk about it and then I get anxiety. So I actually don't, I don't know. I don't want to let's, when we get to 99, when we get to 99, we can do all the damn 99 episodes. Okay. Okay. For this episode, let's take a break. Okay. All right. I mean, I have been, I have been doing it since like 85, (laughs) like saying like, damn, damn, 15 (laughs) weeks left. (laughs) How did we ever get here? Like it, that's essentially it, what it is. It crept up on and the thing that the thing that's crazy about this show is that every time we freaking are gonna hit a milestone, we're gonna come up on our anniversary too. Like so, like we're yeah, gonna- and like four <laughs> weeks after the milestone is our two year anniversary. So, so yeah, um, we'll talk about everything that has to do with a show one hundred next week. Uh, it's gonna be a really special show. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Um, how's your week going, Mills? My week is going okay. My Very week long going, weekend. Very long weekend. Um, well, much longer long weekend because I had the entire week off. But um, my week's been going okay. I've been, you know what? I've been weirdly into like watching. I'll say this: this is very, very weird. Very, very weird. I've been into watching old award shows. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so earlier today. Just on YouTube, just because YouTube is knows what I'm thinking at all times and puts it in my recommended. Um, they had the year 2000 VMAs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I was looking for 1999, but I found 2000, which was like not as good because the Wayne's brothers hosted it. But I mean, it's not, they're not Chris Rock, but they did their Chris Rock impression. Anyway, that's what I've been on for like the past couple of weeks. And also, you know, doing all things um, related for Lookout and Mount Silver and all the other good stuff. So, yes, been handling a lot of stuff like that. How's your week been, sir? Uh, again, anxiety over the 100. But also, you know, been chill. They're pretty chill, you know? Yeah, why not? I, I am preparing. Summer's over. Yeah, it's over. And as summer is over, I'm preparing for a new furry companion in my life. Sure. What is, what is uh, please explain more. Roman the Wonder Dog. Roman the Wonder Dog. It's unfortunate because there was another guest previously uh, yeah. in this. Uh, I don't know if you ever want to talk about it. Maybe we'll save it for 100 and figure out the whereabouts of. <laughs> yeah, we can. We, we like. 
where can. that dog, where that previous dog went, and why that dog is no longer feed. That dog is, uh, I don't know, what? Poochie. His name is he's the Poochie of the, of the show. And the story behind that dog, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe will be revealed on episode one hundred, and we can yeah. talk about that. But talk about your new. What, all right, so you're getting a new dog. First of all, why? Second of all, when? He's gonna be here uh, the week before. I think the week, yeah, the week before, uh, next week, week before one hundred. Next week. Uh, makes his debut. What do you mean? Why? I mean, I, 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 I love. I'm just asking. The, why not? Yeah. I, I love the previous. Everybody got a reason. Yeah. I love the previous, and and you know, me and uh, my significant other, my girl, we 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 wanted a dog, you know, and I was, you know, she's lost a dog before, and that was really hard for her. And I've lost a dog and it was really hard for me. And it was, you know, mine was a little bit more recent than her. So it was kind of like, again, like it was, you know, it, it's really tough. You know, when you, you feel like you lose a part of you, you know, that's, that's like your family, you know, this is very, very um, topical. And I say this cause this is not under no holes barred, but Bree and Brian's dog, Josie, I was so, their dog died recently. Yeah. Josie, it was featured on Total Divas and Total Bellas and all this other stuff. Was it Frenchie? Was it Frenchie also? I'm getting a Frenchie. Yeah, and I was just like, man, that's got to suck, especially Daniel Bryan's. You know what? I honestly, I've never had a major pet. I had a cat for one day, and then I no longer had a cat. Um, I had fish, which are like, don't count. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've never had a pet. But I'll be honest with you. I've never understood how pe- much pets mean to people until I watched Total Divas. Where um, Natty and uh, Tyson kids, cat died, Gizmo died, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. And they were just, they were going through it. And then reading Daniel Bryan's post about his dog, Josie. And just like, I took this picture literally like, 18 hours ago and while I was going through my depression in terms of getting back in wrestling and going through all of that like I all I would remember is coming home to like my dog licking me and all this other stuff and I was like man that is tough yeah um didn't want and, to bring down the tone of the show but I was oh like, no wow. no I mean that, I I completely understand that feeling and I think you know my biggest thing was that when it's when it's time when I'm ready I'm going to get another one and you know for some people that takes six months for some people like for me it's going to be like honestly Mills it'll be like a year to the day right. of the of the last time I saw my other dog so it was like almost I didn't even notice it till like my mom pointed it out and it was like wow like you know it's it's probably like it's it's destiny you know it's destined like I, I feel good about it I was a little nervous at first a little anxious at first but. I, I'm I'm sure that that my little furry pal is gonna you know be a great companion and he's gonna be really healthy. He's gonna be happy and I'm ready for it. So yeah, let's do it. I mean, let's do it. Um, RNC damn. has a new dog. He's RNC. Roman, the big dog. The big dog, Roman, debuts next week. The A Show. Uh huh. Show ninety nine. Let's get it. Yeah, that's uh, right. Let's get into No Holds Bar. It has been a crazy week. <laughs> it is, uh, it's been, we got a lot to go over. Uh, we actually have some breaking news as well. Oh, really? Break break the news for me because I've not been plugged in. As you know, that I watch the Challenge War of the Worlds too every Wednesday. And I really unplug from everything else that isn't that. So <clears throat> it has been a very, very big, this is like literally just came out 10 minutes ago, uh, lead writer shakeup for WWE Raw and SmackDown. 
uh, reported by Dave Meltzer literally 10 minutes ago. Ryan Ward, who was a lead writer for SmackDown and was also lead writer for NXT at one point, he is out. Uh, he, uh-huh. He's officially gone from the WWE. Um, in the, in the, he says, in the report, in the recent weeks, the SmackDown scripts have been heavily edited by Vince McMahon, and it was known that some type of change on the SmackDown side was inevitable. So it's seeming like you know Vince ripping up the scripts uh, was true and pretty much they people were like hey ryan uh, you might want to back up um so ed koski who has been the head, head writer for raw is now being moved to smackdown and he'll be working with bischoff koski has been with the company for more than 18 years and has been a key writer for more than a decade and i mean we've heard about koski even on the uh, bruce pritchard shows and with stone uh, steve austin's podcast as well right uh for for now also jonathan bigstrom has taken over for the lead writer uh, of raw who worked under Heyman. Bigstrom has been writing 205 Live since November November 16. Uh, even though he was kind of he'd been kind of moved on uh, from 205 when, when Heyman started working for the company. So all the stuff you've been seeing as far as like the matches in 205 and kind of like the storylines there, he was writing huge shakeup. Ryan Ward has been such a very, very huge part of a lot of things in SmackDown and, and sometimes Raw, like the women, uh, a lot of the NXT stuff he was a part of right hmm this is very very interesting and i say it's very very interesting basically because uh smackdown while smackdown is not supposed to be the a show it's just not it's supposed to be the b show the secondary show raw's the it's baby still october yeah raw raw's been the baby raw has 25 years raw has the entire different thing but we've seen over the last year it's because it just hasn't been ryan ward i mean even road dog himself remember he also resigned because he was going through the same sort of turmoil that everybody else was going through that mm-hmm. with like a lot of script changes a lot of yeah. things just being you know edited or taking out a lot of different things and it's very very interesting to see how this kind of goes and how you know i think ryan ward was behind a lot of great things in the wwe over the last decade um and i'm you know i'm interested hopefully one day in hearing why and hearing his stories and maybe there's something to wrestle with with ryan ward or something um but yeah, oh, I, I doubt Pritchard's going to be able to talk about a lot of that stuff like now. <laughs> no, he he definitely won't now. Yeah, but I think we'll, we'll we'll get those stories eventually. I mean, writers have the best stories. I think. I think if if beyond professional wrestlers, just their thing in the ring, the writers seem to have because of Vince's kind of like Vinceisms. Um, kind of have the best stories with things. So I'm interested in hearing all this other stuff. That is wild, and it happening right before SmackDown goes live on Fox. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. But also interesting to see... There's two things interesting about the story. One is that I would love to see what Ryan was writing if Vince was improving SmackDown or he was editing SmackDown because the past month and a half, two months of SmackDown since we started hearing about this, you know, Vince completely tore up the script for the show. They've been really good shows. They've been solid shows. I would say so. I think. But you know what? You never know where they're actually going to go. Like they've been really, really good shows, really solid shows. I'm interested in where he was sort of going with all of this, especially considering you see how NXT. I think it would have been more of a, I think, in my opinion, just based off of NXT and what I've seen, what Ryan Ward has done in NXT and what's going on in WWE. I think maybe it was a little bit more. 
I don't know, wrestling base. Like, I don't mm. know. I don't know what's, I, I'm really interested in hearing these stories and hearing what happened. Um, but yeah. The, the second thing that's interesting to me, moving a raw writer over to SmackDown right before Fox. Right. I mean, yes, of course. I think with, you know, network television, you definitely want someone you can trust. You definitely want someone. But it's also a complete, like, shake. I don't know how much Ed Koski has dealt with SmackDown before. Um, yeah. Uh, me, I think he did write some of the 2000 uh, year SmackDown, like 2000, 2001, if I remember correctly. I, I don't like have it. A million years ago. <laughs> but he was also writing Raw, too, with, with Heyman. Right. But, you know, it just kind of depends. It's like, okay, but you know what? I, I would say, like, yo, you don't really know the you know the superstars and all this other stuff and kind of have to, like, it kind of reshapes the entire roster. But mm-hmm. but we have some news that may affect the rosters moving forward. So, yes, um, very, yeah. very, very, very wild news. Uh, what a way to start No Holds Barred. Uh, let's get to, like, the like – the- I thought this was going to be the centerpiece of the <laughs> of the whole no holds bar this week ends up being to me now like the secondary story. Uh, so this past weekend, and we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, Chris Jericho won the AEW World Title, which we all predicted, of course, a couple of months ago he was going to be the champion going into TNT. Uh, but just earlier this week, there was a, a police report that was literally broken, I believe, by Scott Keith, who hasn't like broken anything in like really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that there was a police report put out that Chris Jericho had lost a championship belt. Hmm. Turns out, uh, a couple of hours later, it was, in fact, the AEW belt, which was uh, basically kind of uh, valued at around $29,000. Uh, apparently, and this story is really weird, he was in a rented limo in Tallahassee going to Longhorn Steakhouse for a steak dinner. Only the finest catering for By AEW. the time... By the time he got back to the to the limo, it the belt was gone. I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many. Well, first of all, my first question was your response and your reaction to hearing all of this. Uh, I laughed. I thought that again, like a lot of people think there's going to be like a crazy, crazy promo attached to this. Listen, man. Every single time they ever talk shit or do anything wild, like like in regards to like talking shit on another company, still a crazy promo coming. Yeah, like <laughs> that's what they. This is what happens, right? Like this is what happens every single time they talk shit. Like literally the day of that, the day that happened, like the the uh, being the elite came out where Adam Page called the horse he came out on Hunter Horse Helmsley. Hours later, that shit you know, became the news every single time. Like there was a time they were crapping on Bailey and then, or I think it was like double or nothing. They were, they were like completely kind of like joking the 24 seven title same weekend. Cody does that unprotected chair shot. And that becomes like a, a bigger issue than the whole show itself. Mm. Like it, it's every single time they do some, some, you know, I'm trying to stop from cussing here as I'm coming up with like better <laughs> terminology. Every time they do something like wild, are are kind of like adversarial it comes out like worry about your company bro like you gotta you gotta do that i mean for all intents and purposes they don't call him drunken show for nothing like he's an alcoholic bro like there's something going on here 
I can neither confirm nor deny this man oh, is an alcoholic. We can confirm it on his Instagram. What are you talking about? I can't. I can't confirm nor deny. However, I would like to say I found this entire situation very hilarious. Um, I think you know, just after like hours after winning it, like you've had it for so long, and then someone loses the championship, and I can just imagine it's it's just bad because it's like Chris Jericho is like a twenty something, twenty five, almost thirty year veteran, and like he takes his eyes off the prize for one second, leaves it in the car, and it's leave it in the car. I mean, quite frankly, I'm sure. He had no other place to put it. Um, wasn't in a bag. Wasn't in his bag. Wasn't in like a like a like a you know a, a what do they call it a Halliburton or anything like. Oh, who was who's carrying around a Halliburton for a title? I mean, I don't I think, know. I so mean, it's twenty nine thousand dollars. They I mean, all carry their championships around in their carry on bags, so they make sure they don't lose it. And then championships have been lost before. I think Dolph Ziggler lost his Intercontinental Championship a few years ago. Um, but yeah, this takes the cake. And it only takes the cake because he is the first champion. And it is freshly worn, freshly minted, freshly everything. The man is talking about the bubbly. And he's doing all that other cool shit. And then we see that he loses the championship. Now, I, I will say, AEW did what I would have done in that situation. That is yeah. cut a promo, film something, say like, you, you know, you jack offs, like, you know, he lost my championship. I'm sending out a bounty for my championship. Until then, you know, da, 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 I, w- I would have done the same thing. But it is just to take off the heat of it being incredibly embarrassing for it to be breaking news on TMZ or any other sort of fightful select or wherever the hell it is. So um, they, they did find the belt uh, early Wednesday morning. Uh, it was it was found by someone. They said they found it on the side of the road, which is like I don't buy it. I don't buy it. What do you think it was? Like, this story is so fishy to me. Like, not that I think that it's a work. Like, I believe it's absolutely real. I don't think it's a work. I think it's 100% real. But someone to find that championship on the side of the road and be like, this looks like it belongs to, you know. Chris Jericho. Some Chris Jericho. Let me turn it in. Uh, A good Samaritan. Uh, uh, Mind you, I love your country voice. I think you should do a whole show in it. (laughs) (laughs) But... I think we should definitely turn it in. Nah, that doesn't. The, the person who turned it in stole it, or the person who told it turned it in is an accomplice for the person who stole it. There's no way that you're just ret- you're returning it because it became news, and now it's like heat on your head. Like now mm. you've stolen something that's worth, well, it's apparently worth thirty thousand dollars, but you've stolen something worth of value, and now you're returning it. I don't buy it. I'm just like, bruh. I mean, it was cool. If, if if this was our culture, there would have already been a music video with the fucking... There would have been Instagram Live with someone holding up the AEW championship. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for some thugs. Uh, Country thugs. Yeah. With a little, little handkerchief. And, like, putting it around their face and everything like that. And be like, y'all, we got your championship. We got y'all here. No, that's it. That's the work, Mills. Like, you were absolutely... <laughs> I got Jamie Noble right here and my girl Nidia and we got your championship and all the other stuff. Like that's what I'm picturing. Um, that was, it was not a Florida accent. That was much West Virginia accent. I, but, I love this better than the promo people thought I was going to cut, <laughs> but that's what I was expecting. I would have expected. I would have preferred actually someone on Instagram live showing up with the championship, but they would have immediately been jailed and incriminated themselves. Um, $29,000 belt, my friend. 
That's not that's a pretty penny right there. That's a pretty penny. It's a beautiful but, belt. I think it's a good looking belt. It's not the I, best, but it's a good looking belt. I, I think what's hard to me is that I don't know what's emblazoned on it, like all of the designs and shit. I can't tell what it what it is. Where do you think they got it from? Jacob the jeweler, Eliante. <laughs> they did not get it from fucking Eliante. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if they got it from Eliante, Future is gonna have one next week. Twenty nine k. He probably pays that in his watch. Like that's literally nothing to, to do fix. Guys. Just the ha- hands on his watch. Like it's yeah. just. Oh my god, that is so funny. But yes, he got it back. So the story, the hilariousness of it all, is over. So yeah, uh, good, good on good on Chris Jericho. But one uh, month till television. I mean, they could have. I would have held off out a little bit. Yeah, you got a month till television. Um, but we'll yeah. see. Well, we'll get to all out in just a second. But we're we're also uh, something else that happened during Starcast weekend. Uh, CM Punk had his much talked about, uh, much anticipated panel interview at Starcast, where he reveals a lot of things. Okay, like, I didn't I think- watch it. I didn't watch it. Um, just to be honest with you, I feel like we've asked him every question in the book that, and every question kind of comes with like this crotchety old man response to it. Like, eh, you know, you know, I don't even watch, so it's like, I mean, it's I great. Say, yeah, <laughs> I I will say that, um, he's a lot more lucid in this interview from what I've seen and what I've read. Like, he's very lucid. He seems to be very like. The video exists somewhere. I just haven't watched it. Like, there's the if you go on hashtag websites, um, the video is definitely there. I just yeah. haven't watched it because I was just like, really, what? Mo- I mean, what more can we ask CM Punk that we don't know of the last five years? Well, a couple things they did ask <clears throat> that I feel as though some stuff that I wanted to know was like if they ask him, you know, stuff like. What is he? What is he doing now? Or, or like, what's like they, they addressed the rumor of him having a FS1 studio hosting gig, or if he's coming back and he's like, you know, I not talking about, you know, I'm not talking to AEW or WWE, and people thought this was a, a, a work, and I'm like, I don't think this guy is in the business of working people anymore. Like, there would not be, a, you know, he's not going to work anyone anymore. And they asked him, uh, you know, if he misses any part of wrestling, and he says, you know, he doesn't miss it. Uh, and I'm getting this transcription from WrestlingInc.com, by the way. Shout out to them. He says he doesn't miss it or pine for it every day, but mainly because he got to do so much of his career, and he feels like a lot of his his old stuff holds up today. And I agree. I'll, I'll agree with that. Like we just rewatched the Money in the Bank uh, match with him and Cena, and it, it still holds up today. We we also laughed at it as well. But um, we laughed at it because we were just shooting. We were shooting the shit. We was like a weekend. We were chilling. I'm not. I mean, I personally, I'll be honest with you. I, I'll just. I didn't care to kind of because it's like at this point CM Punk is five years ago like he's so five years ago like he's so of the then and wrestling is so much more different and potentially even more interesting now depending on who you ask but he's so much of the then and I'm just like do I really want to hear him talk about how he doesn't love wrestling anymore like how many times can I be interested in like Damn, you ever get the hankering for wrestling? No, nope. he doesn't really. No, nope, I'm not really. I'm. I, he doesn't I really less. say. He doesn't really say that in this panel that he did. Like he talks about. Like he even they they even mentioned that the wrestlers now get takes days off. And there's a clip where he's literally like he is legitimately flabbergasted. Like I did not believe that people get time off now. And he was like he's happy to hear that. And he also kind of changes the story. That he told about the you know when he was when he left 
the WWE and he got the the walking papers. And instead of just being like, you know, completely kind of, in, you know, disingenuous about it and, and just being like, you know, fuck that. Like they never, they never cared. He says if they would have reached out to him and handled it differently, it probably wouldn't have went down the way that it went down. And I thought that was interesting for him to say that now. No, he's been, he, no, he's been saying that before. He said that before. He was like, no one reached out to me. No one thing. They just sent me papers on my wedding. No one I think actually- it's more interesting that he says that they could have done something differently by talking to him during that period of time or reaching out to him that period of time. But all intents and purposes, it was that they tried to. That's why I'm saying he changed the story. Hmm. He says in that podcast that there were people reaching out to him. Right. I think just, I don't know. To me, there's nothing he can really say that I'm really particularly interested in. Um, I, I, I like the, uh, the Undertaker stuff I want to I want to I want to touch on because that's the interesting. He's never talked about the Undertaker thing in in such uh, detail as he did in, in this panel. Well, what did he say? <clears throat> so he says he doesn't remember. Like they asked him that there was a rumor that he was mad that he was facing the Undertaker. Which again, he's changing the story here slightly because you remember in the podcast he was he very he was very <laughs> upset that he, he was like very again, mad. he's changing the story again and i think it's interesting especially five years later i think he's yeah i think his brain he's in a different mental space now yeah, yeah. so this it's just different so he's now saying i don't remember being mad that i was wrestling the undertaker at wrestlemania because i think if you look at it the whole streak thing was a big thing i think i probably was mad about the way it was presented i was just like if i'm involved i want it to be the best it can possibly be and if you're just another guy wrestling the rest wrestling the undertaker at wrestlemania it feels like that's exactly what you are like oh the undertaker needs to beat somebody and here you are i had ideas to actually build it up and make it look like a threat and it never felt like i was i was disappointed in that but i was never mad that i was wrestling the undertaker he was never mad he wasn't the he was not mad that he wasn't wrestling an undertaker he was mad that he wasn't in the main event of wrestlemania he was mad that he got sort of he had this sort of long championship reign and was easily ousted by the rock literally 60 days before wrestlemania started and that's kind of what his entire beef was and his entire sort of you know angst against the wwe was it's like yo i've been doing the best work that i can for so long and now because of this now i'm slotted into this program with the undertaker and while he loves working with the undertaker he's just like but this isn't what i want and nor do I feel like this is what I deserve. At least that's what from the podcast five years ago. But then again, I think once again, I think cooler heads are prevailing five years later. And I think he has a lot of um, detachment from the wrestling business and detachment from those feelings that he felt at that time. I think everyone still expects him, you know, five years later to be sort of this like, well, they, they want not, him to be like, but he's not. He's just now. Part. I think they expected this to be a full-on hate shoot, like yeah, shoot by like literal standards. But I think this is just him like talking about his previous point in his life, and he's able to look back at it now and like, listen, these are the memories I had. I don't do that anymore. Um, it was great, but not really. Yeah, um, I, I mean, he even says like, don't let, and he says this at a AEW branded show where he was just like, don't let these people. Stark has AEW branded. Fuck yeah. As much as they want to deny that, they said that this was going to be the last StarCast this, this time, and they just announced StarCast 4 for November with Cody in the with Cody in the promo video. 
Mm. Stop okay. capping to me. Uh, so, I mean, he says, you know, don't let these, you know, don't let WWE or more, more or less, I mean, more or less pointing the finger at AEW, you know, don't let them give you this us or them mentality. Like, it's okay to like both. And I thought that was, that meant, to, you know, it, it was kind of weird to see him say that, but it was also kind of cool to see him say that. I'm not going to lie. I feel like he's so detached from it. And I think he's trying to instill within fans that it's like, it doesn't have to be loving what you love. Doesn't have to be as toxic as you feel like it has to be. And it doesn't have to be one side or other. There doesn't have to be a war. The war is really to sensationalize both sort of businesses. But at the same time, really, it's like really what you should accept it as is kind of like, oh, crap, we get to see more wrestling on a bigger stage between two different companies. That's kind of what he's looking back at it for. It seems like in this interview, yes, he just has a completely clear mind. He's lucid. Yeah, but I, I, I still like there's... What I would like to see, or at least hear from CM Punk at this time, what I would like to see, granted, he doesn't feel this way, so he probably doesn't give a shit. It was just like, how do you feel just about your time? And would you ever, if you were extended a Hall of Fame thing, or if you extended any sort of type of thing to do work again in the future, would you say yes? And you just be like... He answers that. What did you say? He's asked that. He has asked that. He said that he's not going to not talk to Vince and and Paul and, and Triple H or whatever. Like he said that he's completely open to a conversation with them. He's like the best. The, the only thing I can do is listen, I believe is, is what he said. Um, so, I mean, it, he has at least put it out there that he will entertain a conversation with them. It's just the ball is in their court essentially is what I got from the whole thing is that the ball is in their court. If they want him, you know, to be in any way, shape or form in any capacity in the company, I don't think he'll turn it down. And, and you know what? Like maybe, Maybe a couple years down the line, maybe when they need a, a big Hall of Fame pop, it'll be the CM Punk year. But I, I wouldn't close the door on him just yet. And I, and I think that's what the most interesting thing about this whole interview was, is that he didn't close the door completely. He just closed the door on like maybe competing. I feel like from that sort of aspect, the interesting part is that he's no longer, I mean, not just not closing the door on it completely, but he's not. He's come to terms with, okay, I can accept going back or mm-hmm. I can accept sort of being able to be a part of it again. Whereas before there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of venom and a lot of vitriol and a lot of things that sort of, I'm never going back. You'll never see me there again. And I think he's come to a place where there's a lot of acceptance. Hopefully there's a lot of accountability on his end as well. And hopefully they can do what's best for each other and sort of move forward. I think as much as, you know, CM Punk doesn't need to wrestle again. He just doesn't. Like, he's done everything that he wants to do. He does everything he is. It it is what it is. But I also think that um, I think coming to terms and coming to peace with it and not running from the past that you've kind of let, you've kind of, dismissed and i think it's not fair 
to his fans or the people that love him that he dismissed wrestling so much and dismissed it in the eyes of like UFC and things like that. And I think that's why the UFC backlash ended up being so major and things like that. It's because yeah, he, he called us all stupid. <laughs> he called us all marks. He called us all stupid. He called us all the things and he kind of dismissed his past. I'm, I'm much happier now that he's willing to accept it and willing to kind of move forward from it. I think that's, a metamorphosis and transformation of CM Punk that's much better than whatever it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, definitely check it out. I, I think I'll, I'll probably take a take a gander at it uh, later this week because I mean the, the, some of the quotes sound really really cool and he's again he sounds he sounds very lucid and, and very open to just conversation. Period. And I I you know as much shit as I give him, I got to call a spade a spade when it's actually very cool. So there you go. You you, you made a believer out of me, Punk. So you know. Good, good on you. Uh, did you see this in this this uh, not WWE this Triple H Enzo thing? I saw. Yeah, I saw sort of the interview. I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was inside the ropes or something, um, because they're the one who apparently gets all the scoops these days. Yeah. Um, with Triple H and doing this interview before NXT Takeover Cardiff, <laughs> and yes, I was very aware and. Well, I'll just let you say it. Yes. So late last week, and I thought we were going to have to talk about it today. Uh, it was a rumor that WWE had interest in Big Cass and Enzo to come back to NXT. And personally, ourselves, we also heard various yes. things. Yes. We, you know, full kind of disclosure here. Not going to disclose the source. We had heard from someone that is very trustworthy. <laughs> that uh this was also the case and we are kind of we kind of dreaded it we heard this from this this person about two and a half weeks ago yeah and so when this popped up it was like oh shit like this is this might really happen but then i started seeing other places say this might be a smoke screen this might be what people you know are telling people to kind of put that in the air and i started seeing that from a couple of accounts on twitter uh, so the morning of or, or the day of uh, TakeOver Cardiff, uh, Alex McCarthy of TalkSport had a 30-minute sit-down with Triple H. And the first tweet he said, he, he did talk about the Enzo thing. And he said, Triple H, and I quote, said, uh, I immediately told our PR to shoot down the Enzo and cast rumors. Absolutely zero interest. Congratulations to Enzo. I'm sure spreading rumors is working well for him, but I want no part in it. How do, all right, so what do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about um triple h so one one triple h uh deciding let's shut that down really really quickly is kind of telling and yeah. then him no longer wanting to sort of work with enzo and Cass. how do you necessarily feel about those i know i'll, I'll note he didn't say Cass. Mm. I'll, I'll note that because i feel as though Cass's departure had more to do with a lot of things that enzo's didn't right um, well yeah they yeah they definitely departed at the same time for different reasons yes um, I, I feel two ways about it. One way is that if this was true, Enzo coming out about it and tweeting about it literally the day before he came out with those comments about it was probably a boneheaded thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably shut it down. But two, I, and this is what I'm inclined to believe is that there was no interest because Triple H literally never comes even with the room. Like remember when Adam Cole was rumored to go, Matt Riddle was rumored to go. He was always noncommittal. Right. If this was a true thing with Enzo, he would have been, again, non-committal. 
I mean, right. he would have said we, we haven't had any conversation. We never said anything. He went on this interview and said, I have never, we have no interest, zero interest in Enzo. And then put the cherry on top by saying, I'm pretty sure this is working for him, but sorry, no interest. Uh, from what I got about that, um, I'd say there's a very, very bad relationship between Enzo and WWE if Triple H himself is outwardly mm-hmm. coming out and saying no. And I think I think he recognizes that because he also recognizes the effect it could have on a locker room, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially NXT. Like, they're not like that anymore. Yeah. From what I see. From what I see, like, I'm not in the locker room, but it's like looking at the, I mean, they're playing Twitch and stuff like that. Like, Enzo is definitely not doing that. Right. And only because of, like, the bad reputation with Roman Reigns and also Corey Graves and also um, just the news that he did that he didn't report to the WWE before he did all the things and him kind of wanted to do his own side projects and all the different type of things. Him being sent to 205 Live because essentially I feel like to improve that brand. Yeah, I mean, no one wanted him, but he also was sent to improve the brand, but it feels more now like no one wanted him and he was kind of exiled very, very quickly. Um it's very, very telling of kind of his state in WWE. I'm sure Triple H sees him trying to fight Joey Janela at a fucking oh, yeah. Blink-182 concert. Um, yeah. and, and, and all these other things. I think he's did that to sort of reassure his own locker room, especially going into one of the biggest periods in NXT. That we, what we're doing moving forward is going to be completely depending on your talent. I will never need to sort of bring someone back especially someone the likes of that and feel like i would need to sort of bring eyes to the the product i think the superstars that they have the people that they have can do that themselves and they they have more than enough people who are more talented and better fit in the ring than enzo more absolutely i think you got you look at the street profits i mean they can go enzo could not go at all (laughs) you know like even on NXT, he couldn't go. You know, mm-hmm. like he was just—he was just a talker. And to be to be fair, he was a great talker. But after like a certain point, it became too much. Remember when they were giving him five-minute freestyle sessions? Yeah, like, they were the giving him that. They were giving him. He closed the show once of Raw. Yeah, um, he, they gave him a lot. They gave him. They gave him a big program, a big SummerSlam program with Cass and all this other thing. They gave him a lot. He just the opportunity didn't um, sort of hold up, and he didn't sort of his own maturity ended up being sort of his own downfall. So uh, shout out to Triple H for that. I, I love, I love him nipping it in the bud. It's also a great interview as well. Uh, shout out to talk sport and Alex McCarthy. Check that out when you get a chance. I'm sorry. Um, I called you inside the ropes. <laughs> uh, you see this Kenta thing on, on new Japan. I did see, the, I did see the Kenta clip. I'm completely. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a, he looks bad. Disgusting. Very, very bad. <clears throat> um, so there was a third show on Saturday that a lot of people probably didn't get to watch. Or I think maybe I, no, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even remember when I, it's on. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? What? If you if you if you download the Daily Smart app because now they have an app now. Oh yeah! Shout out to the people at the Daily Smart. There's an events tab that keeps me locked in. Not only not only keep me locked in of what shows are coming up next, but also shows you my the shows that are in my area. So if I wanted to go to Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden, which I will be going to Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden. Oh wow, well, thanks for telling me. What do you mean? 
I didn't know you were going. Yeah, I told you I was going. I told you I bought the tickets. I'm oh. actually going. I'm going with Carlos. So two belts. There we go. Um, but yes, I'm going next week, Monday. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean, look at you, rich guy. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that show um, is not hard to get tickets for. <laughs> so, uh, if, you want, if you want me to be completely honest. So Royal Quest, New Japan's uh, European show in the UK, I think it aired right before, right in between uh, the... It aired at some point on Saturday. I yeah, I think, no, it, it aired first, I think. It, I think it aired first, and then uh, UK, or it was like concurrent with, with uh, TakeOver. I think that's why a lot of people weren't watching it, because I didn't see TakeOver until, geez, I didn't finish TakeOver until Sunday morning. I honestly um, think people didn't even watch TakeOver Live, to be honest with you, but we can talk to you about TakeOver as well a little bit later on. So Kenta had a match uh, with Ishii for the Never title. Of course, this was built up during the G1, um, where at one point of the match, and shout out to Meltzer says what, uh, at Meltzer says what on Twitter, one of my favorite accounts, a really, really cool person, guy, girl, don't know who he is. She is, it is, <laughs> have no clue. But uh, he, uh, they put up a video of the final kind of minutes of the match or during, during the match or like a, a moment during the match where Kenta was clearly concussed. Uh, they, they can't really tell when it happened, but afterwards he's, he's literally like on spaghetti legs. Like he can't do a power, a power slam spot correctly. Uh, Ishii tries to headbutt him like lightly though, but it's mm-hmm. still like head to head contact. And he slaps him a couple times, but like, he's clearly out of it. He's trying to run and do spots. He ends up running for around another nine minutes concussed. He wins the title. Of course, they do not stop the match at all. He can't even get on the ropes to put the title up. He falls off the ropes, in fact, while he's trying to get on the ropes. Uh, he tweets afterwards that he's completely fine. New Japan says, you know, he's fine, no concussion. He will be wrestling uh, Kota Ibushi on the 15th in two weeks. I think this is a bad idea. I, I'm not sure if he's even been tested. But this is like sets a really bad precedent. Like, this is a company that within the past year and a half, two to three years... They've had multiple people go out with either neck injuries, literal brain injuries, uh, and, and all sorts of things that have been happening to these guys. And, you know, again, I don't think that this is like, you know, an anomaly here. I think this is actually a huge idea, like not a huge idea, but a huge issue with New Japan's concussion protocol and their injury protocol. Like these guys go out in the G1 and they get they get literally beat up for a whole month. <sighs> what you about to say, Mills? I mean, I just think it's bad. It's terrible. I can't really say much outside of it. It was pretty, as you you already kind of said a lot. It was very, very kind of disgusting the way it was. Just watching it and watching him kind of go and kind of nobody really doing anything about it sets so a bad precedent for wrestling. I think if there was a sort of a I think just in general, it, it would be interesting, you know, kind of how like back in the day you'd hear all those stories about all the territories coming together for this like one meeting and somewhere and promising not to do, not to steal superstars from other territories and Vince McMahon yeah. kind of said, fuck that. That's kind of what they need. They need kind of like a professional wrestling like type of thing where it can be understand that we're trying to our best to perfect, to protect our own investments and moving forward, we should not allow it, it does terribly bad things to the sport of professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, it's it's kind of bad. I think we should all complain, to be honest with you, and let New Japan know that these type of things shouldn't be going on and they need to be taking a lot more of a, a stance behind this because the fans aren't really protesting it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where Kenta goes. He's not on the road to shows uh, for the next couple of days on, on New Japan. He's, he's uh, suspiciously, suspiciously missing from them. Uh, but I'm guessing they're just going to give him a little bit of time off while he recovers. But again, Kenta is someone who is injury prone. I think it was always a matter of like not if but when. Uh, and this this happening within like two months of his his tenure there is kind of telling as to like I mean you can't control concussions you can no, control things but. absolutely not but it's like this guy has a has a history of getting hurt in weird ways anyway yeah I mean it, it definitely is I wouldn't say they're all concurrent I mean this isn't concurrent but yes it definitely is a, a red flag in terms of uh, looking at Kento yeah. Uh, let's. You want to get to the hot takes for the week? Uh, I know we have a lot of uh, all-out hot takes. Maybe some takeover Cardiff hot takes. We got. Uh, we don't have much takeover Cardiff um, hot takes, but we can talk about the show. I mean, um, oh, we got a lot of ones for AEW. I'm gonna do four of them, and then we can kind of cap off it about our feelings about takeover Cardiff. Okay. Um, but I will say, let's let's go to. Let me find a good one. That isn't one that we did this week. Um, okay. Oof. All right. Oof. This is a. You know what? I'll save that one for a second. Um, okay. <laughs> um, this one comes from Hot Spice. It says AEW has now been outdone by Evolve and NXT UK. Imagine <laughs> thinking there's a chance against a two-hour NXT when they don't even have three legit stars. And people need to stop saying Jericho will bring casual ends. Homie wasn't even top 10 popping dudes in the Attitude Era. People need to stop it. Holy shit. Now, I don't agree with the top 10 popping thing. Jericho was kind of popping. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that part. I think he was definitely top five popping in he the Attitude Era. He was definitely popping in the Attitude Era. He was popping. He wasn't like The Rock or like... You know, when, you get past, when, you, when you get past Stone Cold, Rock, Triple H, Undertaker... Mankind, Jericho is at least sixth. Jericho's in the top ten. I'll say yeah, that in Jericho's top, in the top ten. You could—he's he, someone who elicited a response when he was popping. Absolutely. Um, and he was popping for a long time. Um, That's a good hot take. Like, That's a good hot take. Do you feel like AEW has been outdone by NXT UK this weekend? I don't know if a lot of people agreed with. The Evolve take, I thought that Evolve was a lot more fun to watch than Double or Nothing, but um, I will definitely agree that that I think that a lot of people thought that TakeOver was a better show. I even asked, you know, a lot of people said the same thing. I have actually not watched All Out. <laughs> right. I think you did. I did watch All Out. I haven't had time, I have not had time to watch All Out. I'm going to watch. I sure did watch All Out. I'm going to watch the top matches from it, but um, I watched NXT UK and I thought it was a stellar show. A lot of shenanigans at All Out. You know, it wasn't (laughs) a particularly like terrible show, but it wasn't All Out. You know what I'm saying? And I think that it, you know, what can I say? What's the main event? The main event wasn't anything of any note. 
um, especially considering we called it so long ago and they kind yeah. of went with it. Um, the tag team match, I think I'm kind of tired of seeing the Bucks and, and the Lucha Bros kind of together. It's a great thing, and they nail it every time. Um, the, the the Cody and Sean Spears match, it was just... Two stars. I, it was a it was a lot of pomp and circumstance for two people who do not do neither provide pomp nor any circumstance to watch. <laughs> um, and you know the undercard. I I completely think that they're still missing the ball. And I think a WWE writer, a former WWE writer, is very critical about this. And I share his sentiments. I forgot his name. I think it's the Joseph. Yeah, Chris uh, Joseph. He said they didn't do a lot to make you excited for an October second show. And I said, I completely agree. <laughs> Considering yeah. that's your next, you should be working towards the next thing. Yeah, and like what, what is going to be on the TV? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you should be working towards the next thing. And they didn't really leave like a, I remember NXT would do this thing. Like remember the when um, when Kevin Owens beat Sami Zayn again and then Samoa Joe comes out. And yeah. then you're like, oh shit, like, NXT is about to be popping again. That's the feeling you want when you close the pay-per-view. Not kind of like, yeah, Jericho won, but like who really thought the Cowboy was going to win? Um, that's so, you're, so you're saying that, you know, once again, like that, I don't know how you feel. Well, we, we, we both liked it. It was a, it was a, I liked the Evolve show. I say the show and the, I, I'd say the Evolve show I like better than AEW shows. I haven't really liked an AEW show. I haven't really been in love with an AEW show at all, yeah. to be honest with you. Okay. So you um, agree with my take. And if you agree with it, I'll take your word for it. I, I mean, it's pretty much consensus from a lot of people that I, I trust, including yourself, that the TakeOver show was, was a strong card. And from what I watched the TakeOver show, I like the TakeOver show to me had two match of the year contenders for me. Like I love the tag match and I love the main event. And the undercard was fun. And I thought Cesaro's match was really fucking amazing to me as well. Um, we have another one. I'm probably going to do three more. Um, okay. And some of them are WWE, some are in AEW as well. Um, <clears throat> this one comes from Objective AEW Fan. It says, I've enjoyed every AEW show. I have enjoyed every show AEW has done. But I feel like they should have done a one-hour show. They don't have enough relevant talent to fill two hours, but I wish them the best, especially if they can make the Dark Order threatening and intimidating. Now, the Dark Order is pretty mid. They are They're, they look really corny. They look they like a, they look, look like creative wrestlers. They look terrible. They really do. Like when you hit like default and just like just just put whatever on them, man. Like yeah. I'll, I'll figure out the moves later. They definitely do look that. I don't think AEW should be one hour. I don't no. think the one think, hour of AEW is like. You count a Kenny match. That's the rest. Like the the rest of the show is wash. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they have a lot of talent that they need to fill. So I don't agree on the one hour part. Also think two hours is just like now you're a show. Like yeah. Um, one hour is like, and you might find some wrestling this week if you you know if you that's how reviews will kind of be. But two hours is like okay, and there that's a show. Um. So I agree with that. Let's see. Um. I want to go with who? Okay. Do you want to go? Should we should we try some WWE stuff? Yeah, go ahead. We got some WWE stuff. Um, who? I don't want to do this one. Um, 
<laughs> no, it, uh, it's a. Uh, we we'll talk about this a lot more later, but this one comes from once again Dixie Barter. Um, What's up, Dixie? I've always been nah no on a Bailey heel turn, but yo, that ending of Raw had a a brother <laughs> shocked. <laughs> um, top five legit. Oh, you know, oh sh moment. We're trying wow. not to curse on this podcast anymore. We're um, trying. We're really trying. I think moment. post 100, no more cusses. It, it, it is so we can cuss? You can cuss. It was going off there. All right. So top five legit oh shit moment of the year. It was going off air without time to fully process it. It was a cherry on top. And it seems like from SD, from SmackDown, she won't be going over the top mean or evil with it, which I like. Um, I think we'll get more into this as we get into the shows this week, because it's a big part of both shows. Um, yes. But I kind of agree. Bailey, you turn. Interesting. I agree, too. Well, let's just save it for that. Um, Non-wrestling hot take, he says, Lonzo Ball is right. Future has more classics than Nas, Pac, Jay, and Big. Hip-hop heads can stay mad. Wow. Maybe Nas. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oof. This God. is the last one, right? This is the last one. It's okay. it's hard picking one because there's so many good ones. Um, I'll Let's say end this. with the AEW one. End with an AEW one? Okay. I had a, I had a, I had a decent WWE one that I think we could have talked about. Um, this one comes from a former Jericho-holic. Oh, shit. Shout out to Chris Jericho for becoming everything he complained about during his time in WCW. A washed-up vet who was living off his past accomplishments. Without a no-DQ stip, Beer Belly Chris is a pain to watch. Go get your checks and your fake Tommy Khan friendship, big homie. Wow. A former Jericho-holic. Hey, man. Hey. We, post 100, I'm, I'm coming up with a new button called the Turn That Up button. Okay? It is. It, it, I mean, I, I'm not mad at the take. Turn it all, turn it all the way up. I'm not mad at the take. Um... Yeah, let's see. No, I mean we will we'll we'll do maybe we'll add a couple more in for episode one hundred or episode yeah. ninety nine. We're or gonna something. do a lot. We're gonna do a lot of takes for one hundred. Yeah, do let's do that. We will do a lot of takes for one hundred. Yeah. We'll do a full segment on like a full blown segment on hot, for these hot takes. I'm just telling you guys right now. I know we said we're not gonna talk one hundred. One hundred is gonna be a long show. So <laughs> strap <Yeah>. in. <laughs> it's gonna be a long show. So strap in, pal. Uh, let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. Uh, let's let's wrap this thing up with a bow. This the big story, as we said, is the Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, Becky angle. I said it today, uh, I think to Mark or Cyrus. So I was like, we just got jigged into another four horsewoman feud, but I'm okay with it. It's been a, it's been a while. I mean, when you, the well to go to is that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it it's also like a lot of the women that are on the main roster are about to be like pushed way back to the back burner for, for this feud. <laughs> hmm, hold on. We didn't talk about the, the October plan. Do you know if that's a, a thing? The draft. Oh my god! How did I skip over that? We skipped over right the draft. We skipped right over the draft. I say that. Well, let, let's do something quick on the draft. Okay. Um, so it was reported by Post Wrestling, uh, John Pollock at Post Wrestling, this morning uh, or this week that there is going to be a huge draft uh, for Raw and SmackDown in October. 
uh, on the it's going to be the week after uh, WWE debuts on Fox. Um, the Raw one's going to be in Las Vegas. The SmackDown one's going to be in Denver. Which, holy sh- crap, <laughs> uh, that is two very far cities for them to have to travel to mm-hmm. um, within 24 hours' notice. By the way. Uh, yeah, but also now there's three days between <laughs> Raw and SmackDown. So oh, like, oh shit, you're right. So three, four days between Raw and SmackDown. So I'm pretty sure right. they'll be all right. They'll you're go home. Right. I was still thinking up. Tuesday. I was still thinking Tuesday. So I mean, um, you gotta also think about this damn show too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but let's go ahead. Um, so I yeah, think, actually, I think the draft will be our two year anniversary show. I think I think that will be the same week. So interesting. Oh, very, very, and that looks like another long show is coming. <laughs> big year, big show. Uh, so we got a very interesting uh, turn of events that have happened. And I guess we'll interweave the draft into this that could possibly mean something big because for the first time in probably like years, we saw Sasha, Sasha on SmackDown as well this week. Uh, Bailey did turn heel on the show. Um, Do you feel, I think, when it comes to sort of Raw, and I think we, maybe we can cover both Raw and SmackDown on this part. Um, when it comes to Raw, I fully wasn't, I wasn't completely sold on it. And there's part of me that is still isn't completely sold on it. And The seeds it, were there. The seeds were definitely there. I say that because this kind of seems more so, it, it's either to me, they don't have plans for Bailey to be a despicable heel, just a person that's hated. Just a delusional one. I, I I got that feeling from SmackDown that she's delusional. Like Sasha is you is is corrupt. And her promo on SmackDown was kind of terrible as well. Yeah, she got to work on the she got to work on the mic skills a little. She got to. It's something with the pacing and the wording. I'm like, bro, why are you trampling all over this? You got time. If you're a heel, make it work. And like, honestly, it feels like. Body language wise, and just the way she's going in, it feels like she does enjoy this. Like she's going f- all the way in, phys- like physicality wise, as far as this turn is going. Like I do so, feel like she takes it. I don't know. So the thing is with me, like I wasn't con- fully convinced on Raw, on SmackDown. It's like you're beating up your opponent. I get it, but it's like there's part of me that still isn't fully convinced, and maybe it's because it's Bailey. Maybe it's also because it's Bailey who's going up against Charlotte. What is it going to take for you to? Well, you know what I thought. She's going to have to turn on her own fans. One, one sec. Like before, before we get to that, what did you feel about? Like she, like, and that's another thing that I like. Even if we're not sold on it, the fans totally are right now because they double turned her and Charlotte in one segment. Like, do you think it, that was a double turn? I feel like you will still hate Charlotte, but no, they were cheering this like Norfolk. Oh. Shut up, Norfolk, my hometown. Holla, holla. I think it's because it's so close to North Carolina. <laughs> you had some be, transplants. That'd be true, too. But also, I mean, excellent timing, too. You know, it's it's like, I wouldn't say they double turn them. You're, you're right. That might be an overreaction. But, like, yeah. I felt as though that, I felt as though Charlotte was at least, they didn't bore at all, though. No. <laughs> but then again, so here's my thing. I feel like people just normally people wanted to hate Bailey for a long time. Yeah. And I oh, think that? she's not cool, right? <laughs> she's not cool at all. Not even close. Um, but I think now they're leaning a lot more towards into that character of like, okay, people don't want to boo her. Let's give them something to not to really kind of just really boo her about. And if this is a slow sort of situation where it's like a slow grinding thing, where she eventually does the delusion ends up making her turn on the fans. 
I'm sold in on it. I don't think she's fully there yet. Um, but you think this is like more of a Gargano turn than a, a yeah? Okay, yeah, because I'm not fully. I'd have to say like if Charlotte is a face, which I think it it, it honestly might be happening. I mean that Raw and MSG. If they go for the tag team match of Becky and Charlotte versus Sasha and Bailey, I mean, I was going up. The the tickets already have paid for themselves. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of crazy. I I like you know what I like the end of Raw. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought the I thought the end of Raw like Raw used to end like that, and I love when Raw ends like that. You I know? love when it makes you ask questions. It made you want to tune into SmackDown to be honest with you, and they did a great thing of starting off SmackDown kind of the way they ended Raw. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> they're pushing the rest of these women to the back burner. I'm not. I'm, that's not much more to say about that part. But I, I do think that Sasha did a pretty, really good job with Becky on uh, Monday as well. Uh, I thought both both promos were, were really strong. I think Sasha's doing a phenomenal job as a heel. I think she's been waiting for this for a really long time, and she's finally able to to be who she wants to be on on the main roster. Uh. I mean, the I want to see the match already. I just want yeah. to see Sa- Sasha versus Becky already. That's kind yeah. of what I really want to see. It's the most interesting matches on the card, or now, or, the, or those two matches. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, have you? And we talked about the draft, and I, I want to in- intermingle this with the draft because I think this is the most interesting part of it, and the most kind of like has the most potential. I think they might be moving. Becky or not, they're going to be moving Charlotte to Raw and moving Sasha to SmackDown. There's definitely a plan with with these four. With these I, four, I think there's also definitely a plan of like. To me, it was weird because they definitely did the shake up, but they it seems like they didn't do the shake up with Fox in mind. Right, and now kind of <laughs> they got to move them back. <laughs> yeah, now they kind of got to move people around. It's like, oh well, we can't have the Miz who has a show on USA Network like milling around on Fox Network. Yeah. Like we can't, you know, we can't have this doing that. Like you can't have Sonya Deville on SmackDown anymore. Like she's got to go. Right now, it's like damn. Now it kind of seems like AJ's already beat everybody on Raw. Like maybe we should put him back on SmackDown, like or something along those lines. Like now, it kind of like they have to shift everything going back. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with rewashing their rosters. They kind of muddied it entirely. Um, it's like the shakeup, the draft, the, the wild card. The wild card has these these rosters have not been in flux. They or they've right. been in a state of flux. Uh, and there's been so many changes. I mean, you have Kofi Kingston now as a threat. Now you have um, Kevin Owens, mega baby face. You have Baron Corbin with a little bit more, you know, I would say, I guess, like hair on his chest from the battles he's been with. You've got the club doing its own thing. The Fiend, um, Finn Balor, um, even on the... Yeah, even on the women's side, you have an Ember Moon who now can sort of take her talents to, you know, maybe hopefully Ruby Wright will return and or Nia Jax or something along those lines. Or yeah. Nia, Nia is coming back to a company that has changed like three times since she was injured. <laughs> yeah, but she'll have I think she'll have a moment or at least a place on whatever yeah. thing. I think Roman Roman himself. That's an anomaly because he's supposed to be on SmackDown, right? And they might just say like, "You think he's staying?" Yeah, I mean, he's all over the the, the promo for almost all over the promos for SmackDown. Speaking of mm-hmm. promos, excellent promo for SmackDown uh, that came out last week. I agree. I'm wondering how they do the draft. I didn't like how. I don't like the 
we're shaking things up without any explanation. I want people drafting the mm-hmm. rosters. That's how and I, I want to stay there. And I want to stay there. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Let's get to King of the Ring. Uh, I think we can combine both shows. I mean, this tournament is very quickly uh, wrapping up. Major upsets on both sides on both shows. The bracket has been busted. My bracket's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, Baron Corbin defeated Cedric Alexander, but we will know. Great I, match. Great, great match. Hey, one of the best Baron Corbin matches I've seen. And Cedric Probably the best. Cedric, Cedric Alexander is on a roll. I like the the uh, the Extreme Rules match that he had with Seth and them. That was a pretty cool match. Um, I want to note that Cedric and AJ had an altercation, so it looks to be the that looks to be the plan for uh, Clash of Champions. Uh, Cedric and AJ, it should be spectacular. Uh, Ricochet and Joe went to a draw, so of course we're gonna get a triple. Both threat. advance, huh? <laughs> huh? How did that happen? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. They should legitimately cancel each other out. That's what draws mean. That's Baron was actually right. Like he was like super right. He should actually be gone. (laughs) Baron has a complete case of like right. They should be both eliminated because they eliminated each other. Damn. If I saw that on Raw on SmackDown, I would have been like, yo, bro, let's go to a draw. Yeah. (laughs) Bro, let's like. Let's both advance. And um, on uh, SmackDown, I completely turned on this tournament. Uh, Andrade lo- loses to Chad Gable, making it a lot clearer. I know you turned on it right there. You was like, yeah, all right, well. Making it a lot clearer to me where this is going. Because uh, yeah. Chad Gable is, again, the only person in this tournament that has a story other than, I guess, Ricochet and Baron. So I'm guessing we're going to see what's going to happen with that next week. I feel like we're... Well, first of all, Elias versus Chad Gable is like the most like main event, WWE main event. Like it's, it's also the most please Kevin Owen come out and pop MSG for me match. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guess what? I think you know what? I think it's weird. I think Elias is gonna advance. So, so you think it's gonna be Elias and it, Ricochet? Because it can't be Joe or Baron. No, it's it, it might end up being Ricochet if if Elias but I because I can't see Chad. What are we really, Chad Gable? Um, like, are we dead ass with Chad yeah, Gable? <laughs> that's what we really, really though. Like, are we dead ass um, with Chad Gable? I'm glad you filmed me on this because I'm like, no way. No, I, I, when I saw it happen. I was just like, oh, he is not going to be happy. Um, <laughs> and I was legitimately looking at like Chad Gable. Chad, how. How we Elias? How have yeah. we gotten this far? Elias versus Chad Gable is such a 2013 like match. Yeah, in I'm, NXT. I'm not <laughs> feeling it. Hey, hey, y'all better back up. Like, I'm not feeling it at all, man. Like, y'all not feeling it at all. I mean, um, I I like your I like your booking of of Ricochet Elias, but again, it's like I just feel like it's just this is ready made. KO hasn't been on the show in two weeks. This is a ready made you know, MSG stun him and let Chad Gable get the win type thing. I think I really do think it's going to be Gable and Joe or Gable and Baron. Um, a Gable Joe feud mm. could, be, could be cool. I guess. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm not, I, mm-hmm. oh, I over and Ricochet. I can't, I, I can't, I can't. They've like, already lost me. They kind of have already lost yeah. me. So it, it was going so well. And they, yeah, they, they, they knocked out both Andrade and Ali. I was like, you you lost me. You could have 
even if Andrade lost, I was like, oh, Elias will sure. No, I thought Ali would sure enough pick up the win if it was all the way. And then I was yeah. like, mm, no, no. That's what? Uh, more about Raw. Uh, Seth and Braun continue their uneasy partnership there uh, with a contract signing that went awry, which is leading to Stone Cold making an appearance at MSG next week to do the official contract signing. Um, sure, I guess. Uh, yeah, why not? I haven't. I've never seen Stone Cold live, so that'd be dope. Um, and the Fiend. Uh, I think that's the most interesting part as well. Here he. They did have a fun house segment on Raw. He does address the rumors that we talked about last week. Uh, and he does tell both Ron and Seth, see you in hell at the end of it. So I guess th- that's going to That happen. was so cool. Yeah, I liked it. That liked was it. the coolest thing that he's ever done, ever. And the coolest, like, forward booking WWE has ever done, ever. Like, that they're entire... So, they're so meta and self-aware with his character that I cannot believe it's being written by this company. I agree. I agree. It's a it was it was so it's good. I like it. I'll just say it. it's good. I, I, I like think it. by the end of the year, this will probably be one of my favorite uh characters. It'll probably be one of my favorite like promotional tactics that, that has been done on in any company, honestly. Like it it's really well done. It's produced some of my favorite segments and one of my favorite like entrances of the year. So um I'm looking forward to it. I think it's still gonna be Seth Fiend, but it's like Again, like we said last week, like who loses there? Because I don't think you want Seth to drop that title that quick. No, no, I think it's Seth. It's going to be Seth Fiend. Um, moving on to SmackDown Live, really quickly, Alexa and Nikki uh, lost to Fire and Desire of Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. It looks like that's going to be your match at Clash of Champions. Meh. Yeah, yeah, sure. Meh. Uh, Alistair Black is still alive. I, I'm. I love the dedication to the bit with him and the Viking Raiders just squashing people every week. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I feel like he consistently, he should stop trying to find people to challenge him. And he should just go out there and fight because he ends up trapped in that room more often than not. And, you know, yeah, I, no, I like no, that no, it was no, a little no, treat. No, I, didn't, no. I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. I love that it was a little treat. You got him versus Shelton Benjamin. A great match. Um, I favor it. I like I, again. Like Alistair hasn't disappointed. I just think that like once they get everything settled, like I would love to see Alistair Ali. I'd love to see Alistair anyone. I love to see for, just for shits and giggles. I love to see Alistair Andrade. <laughs> should have <laughs> you know, been, like, been Alistair that hit Roman, but the way this is going now, mm. let's talk. Let's talk about it. Uh, you said that you said it best on Twitter that they fooled us all. They fooled us all. This was a ploy. I bet I bet this is what Vince McMahon ripped up and put on the paper in big bold letters and underlined it three times and put real circles around it. And then Ryan Ward was trying to say, like, no, we can get this Daniel Bryan and, Rick, and Roman Reigns feed going. And he says, Rowan. Roman, <laughs> Roman. Rowan, Roman. Like a caveman. Well, well, I mean, even in an auxiliary feud, you get Brian as a face or at least you get Brian as a face or a tweener again. This makes me vomit because like (laughs) I'm so disgusted by my weeks of power and my weeks of various other things and being invested in it. Like, oh, a real whodunit. And then it's like it was Rowan and Rowan wants some Roman and I want him now. And I'll see you at Clash of Champions. I was like, really? This was it? This is this is what we did? 
this was all a ploy to push the big Haas, the the giant guy that Vince McMahon loves giant guys. Yes, it was. This was it. I, I'm not mad at I'm it. mad. I'm furious. Well, here's, here's my thing. I don't think he's going to win a title. I think he's just going to be, he's going to fulfill a role that all these big guys fulfill on these shows. He is on the totem pole. Would you rather it be him or Lars Sullivan? Wait, why is Lars Sullivan in this picture? <laughs> Lars Sullivan cannot walk it, right now. It could, it could have been Lars here. I'm sure really it could have been Lars. Was it be Lars? I'm, listen, I agree with you. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I don't like this at all. I don't. I'm sure Roman Ro- Roman will try to impress people with his little spinning heel kick that Stacy Keebler does. But wow. like, <laughs> you, I, he, they they gave him the Stacy Keebler kick in two K. The sta- yeah, easily. Easily, Stacy Keebler, Keebler kick three. Like, it's a. I'm. I'm not a. I don't. You're not feeling it. Not feeling it. You know what? Make it a triple threat: Rowan, Brian, and and Roman. That's cool. I, as long as we still get there, I'm cool with it. I think we will still get to Roman Brian. I'm just again, time is really going fast before the Fox thing. And I think they need to wrap up storylines. And I think, again, this is where this comes into play. Like they needed to wrap this up really quick. They couldn't, they couldn't spread it out any longer. It's the same thing that I'm seeing with NXT from what they're doing on their show, which was obviously taped and they're announcing matches for two weeks in advance now on a tape show, which they have, will have no build, but like they have to get, they have to wrap these storylines up. And especially on the raw side, have you noticed kind of like a, a slow, um, move away from wild card on both of these shows where it's like they're moving away from the wild card because they're kind of setting things in place as to where they're going to go like i think the fact that the fiend is right now saying he's going to be facing these two guys means that all three of those guys are staying on raw yeah yeah i think so like um, thinking ahead and, and i like that they're doing that in, in in that case but it's like smackdown is a lot unless a they lot do that there. weird thing where they they don't stay on the same rosters and they confuse us all but yeah but then that would be stupid because it's the same thing they did with the the bray randy title match they did all types like, of the, stupid shit that month yeah that was a like or the joe it was like a u.s title match with joe against someone else well if he wins he goes to smack i gotta stop doing that voice if he wins (laughs) he goes to raw and if he loses he goes to smackdown some shit like that i don't know it's a just weird uh but again i i thought both shows and you know we i I don't think we've been negative on them but we kind of sped through these shows because the big parts of these shows are like with people that we think are either gonna move or gonna stay but i thought both shows were fun this week i i I, again, yeah. I think WWE TV has been on a roll since SummerSlam and, you know, more power to them because football is coming. It is looming. It starts tomorrow. And then next week, we're right in the thick of it. And I think they're going to have to start giving us the hits because even with Fox, they're going to have to perform. Well, yeah, even well, well, football will be on Fox. So they'll have to promote WWE doing football. So sorry. That would be funny. That would be the day. we all be, be Yeah. You never know. You never know. And also XFL in the future. But yeah, this was a jam-packed week of all types of news and things like that. Uh, yes. And, and I mean, we, we've, we've cleared another week. Uh, next week, I'm hoping it's a little bit slower so that we can start prepping for 100. But that is the end of this episode. Next week will NHL. be predictions for, Cla- for Clash of Champs. Yes, so next week is our prediction show. What a what a bet! What a really cool way to go into 100, though, with a really kind of like a cool prediction show to kind of lead us on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so uh, next week we will be giving our predictions for Clash of Champions and our thoughts on everything that has to do with WWE, AEW, New Japan, ROH, anything under the sun. Uh, as always, check us out at RNC Radio Live. We just dropped 
the updates to our RNC radio playlist and our R&B and RNC uh, playlist. Meals also made a banging ass Beyonce playlist for her birthday uh, called the B-Sides, which again, love the title. You're a genius, my friend. I thought of it years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I thought of it years ago, but thank you. Thank you for all the kind words. Um, Especially so in terms of what could be coming next, of course, we got the A show 100 coming up soon. Yes, two weeks. Uh, we will be having the last episode of our summer at Comet House next week. So you can look out for that where myself, Jeff and Pat will hey. be live watching the first episode of Pokemon. And then you will also get a new episode of Mount Silver next week as well, where we'll be going over the Gen 4. So you get to double the fun, double the nerdness, all the greatness of everything involved. And I'm sure, you know, Justin will also be doing his four other podcasts, um, which are? <laughs> uh, Late Fees comes out this week. I'm currently, uh, I have to watch one more movie tonight, right after this. Um, Late Fees is coming this Friday with our uh, it's our director kind of retrospective uh, episode with uh, Karen Kusama who made the movies uh, movies such as The Invitation, Jennifer's Body, Aeon Flux Uh, really great director love her to death Uh, we're going to be talking about and gushing over all of her movies on late fees we had so help me god with special guest eric abris filling in for pafif this week Uh, another funny episode of the righteous gemstones so definitely check that out as well uh there will be a special episode of overly medicated that is coming uh it's imminent we have to record it we're going to be talking all about the show since it's aired and our predictions for season two which i have an inkling will be uh filming very very soon uh and what else do i have left I think that's it. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all yeah. that we can announce anyway. We got yeah. some, we got some returns coming. We've got some other stuff coming. Just stay tuned for everything coming on our. Yes, RC. and RC. as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, send us more of your hot takes. I love the fact that people started sending us their favorite moments. Keep sending us your favorite moments. I think we're gonna have a really cool. Uh, interactive way to talk about these favorite moments uh, on, on a show 100 with, with myself and meals and uh, yeah, send it to either RNC radio live or me at OG Johnny five or meals at meals TV. We'll be talking about some of your favorite moments, some of our favorite moments. Uh, we'll reveal more of what we're planning on doing with a show 100 next week on the a show episode 99. But until then, thank you guys for listening. See you next week. My champion's still black y'all. <laughs>